Hello and welcome everyone to the 13th episode of 2023 of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This week we're going to talk about quite a few things actually. We're going to talk about uh, Zack Snyder's recent appearances on the Nerd Queens and on the Vodka Show. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about his talks about the SnyderCon, what was actually revealed, everything in between. Um, we're going to talk about the big uh, controversy online about between... Uh, Zachary Levi and Dwayne Johnson and the whole Shazam versus Black Adam debacle. Some people are saying that he was shifting the blame. They said that the studio was shifting the blame. And then more information came out and it definitely made a much clearer picture. Um, in short, there was a lot of people at fault and there's a lot to talk about there. So we'll get into that. Um, but we, we definitely have plenty to talk about. So let's just jump right into it, everyone. So, hello Taylor. Hello. It's been it's been an interesting week. I brought lots of napkins today because I figured you're going to be spilling a lot of tea. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but I think the big, the big, the biggest things amongst the non Snyder fans, um, and again, them too, is the uh, the recent uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods has officially kind of bombed at the box office. Not for the fact that it's not in a fantastic film. I actually liked it more than the first film, but um, it's not doing so hot. And with that, a lot of people were saying, oh, who's to blame? Who's to blame? And a, an article came out from The Wrap saying that uh, Dwayne Johnson had previously caused the uh, post-credit cameo to be cut out and... And then it turned into quickly people talking, saying, oh, they're just trying to shift the blame. It's the studio trying to say Dwayne Johnson, the, the bad guy here, and and so on and so forth. And then Zachary Levi uh, retweeted that thing, saying the truth will set you free. And it looked a lot like people were saying that Zachary Levi was throwing shade at DJ and making that whole uh, shifting the blame straight to him. Um, Zachary went on to a live stream, kind of changed the, the narrative a little bit. Um, basically saying that it wasn't just that situation. It was also the previous management who were to blame and a few other individuals, but um, long story. Hasn't Zachary Levi been a good source of information? Has he ever, is there any, does he, I feel like he has a fairly good track record of truth to the things that he can speak truthful about. Yeah. I mean, a lot of fans, they didn't like him, uh, for a long time because they thought he was anti-Snyder and then he said he was like sick in bed so he decided just to tweet a bunch and he was answering questions uh, a lot of the questions were like oh what do you think of Snyder and he's like I made a assumption off of bad information and I said the Snyder Cut wasn't coming obviously it came so not a big deal um, he talked about how he loves Man of Steel he loves 300 there's some of his favorite movies of all time he has nothing against Snyder or the fans he just doesn't like this small very vocal niche of fans that choose to tweet fire James Gunn and stuff like that. And he, he kind of admitted that those small percentage don't speak for everyone, but they are very loud and they do make waves. Regardless of what actually happened here, because I think this has more to do with what you're going to get into behind the scenes. Yeah. This is a negative 
notch for that group on the internet. Like, I don't think they're necessarily to blame for any of this, but no. blame will be put on that vocal minority because yeah. of this. And because they're so vocal, a lot of people treat that vocal minority as the majority of Snyder fans, which is not the case whatsoever. Um, I also get Zachary Levi not wanting to put his Shazam in Zack Snyder's world. You know, if I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily like he doesn't like him, but it's also like if he wanted him, he would have approached him much earlier on. And Shazam's not in any of those movies, right? Like not at all. And no. if and if he was going to come, he would have came way later on. Yeah, and Shazam and Black Adam and all those other characters weren't part of Zack's plan. So, um, but it comes back down to a series of details that we do know happened. And I did want to uh, address because I feel like a lot of people um, are saying, oh, Zachary Levi is pitting the blame. He's pitting the blame. But the reality is um, the blame is is with and always has been with the people who were in charge at the time. So I talked about uh, on these socials that essentially what we know, Seven Bucks Production uh, was in control of the Shazam verse IP. They wanted to make Black Adam. So Dwayne, uh, executive produced uh shazam one when that came out it didn't make bajillion dollars in the theaters so when Shaz when black adam was being in production he had them he cherry picked his own director he cherry picked a lot of the cast for himself uh Dwayne had a lot of control over this production um and he also uh cherry picked um the the origin like he basically changed black adam's origin from what was previously established in the first shazam movie to what we got in the black adam movie there was a lot of contradictions there. Obviously, in the first Shazam, they talked about how the champion was chosen and he fell and released the seven deadly sins. And for literally everyone who saw Black Adam, none of that was a plot point. Right, right. And then uh, we also know from behind the scenes that uh, he did try to distance himself from those characters. He vetoed possible crossovers early on. Um, no Black Adam cameo in Shazam. No Shazam cameo in Black Adam. He vetoed a lot mm. And then the news came that the most recent stuff uh, with Zach's, uh, Zachary Levi's Shazam 2, um, the the controversial end credit scene that had Harcourt um, and the other fella from the Suicide Squad. Um, I keep forgetting that character's name. Um, what is that guy's name? The comedian guy, Steve Agee? Yeah, what's his character's name? Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I always call him Steve Agee in my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anytime I see him in a show, I go, oh, there's Steve Agee. <laughs> I'll find it. It'll annoy me, but I will find it. Yeah. Um, anyways, so those two characters popped up in the end credit scene, uh, recruiting him for the JSA. Uh, turns out that the original scene was supposed to have Hawkman and Cyclone recruiting Shazam for the JSA. But and... that was vetoed. But okay, so this was the B scene that they had to throw together. Economos, they, Economos, that's his character's name, John. Economos. Because they, because they couldn't do. Oh, John, of course. Yeah. Uh, because they couldn't do this scene. And uh, the rap has said that Dwayne Johnson was the one who vetoed that scene. Right. Uh, there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes saying that uh, basically Shazam was too kiddie and child friendly, and he wanted a more serious tone for Black Adam. But at the same time, like Black Adam's is the counterpart to Shazam. Like you can't, like you can't ignore one and have the other succeed. You can't make Black Adam yeah. a Justice League villain 
without Shazam being involved because Shazam, it's like you can't make Doctor Doom the villain of the Avengers without acknowledging the Fantastic Four. Like they they come together. Right, right. So a lot of people pointed out the obvious that if if what these allegations are true, then DJ was really a lot of at fault. I mean, yeah. I mean, but doesn't this sound like doesn't this sound like the story all along? I mean, it was always said of how much power he had. You just yeah. told me a list where he chose everybody. So he had a whole group of people that were going to support whatever he did. I can't believe he really thought that Black Adam could be the anchor of its own universe. Right. And so what we know from behind the scenes, this is what we know. Uh, Seven Bucks Production was producing the first Shazam movie. David Sandberg wanted to include Superman. And in the late stages, they couldn't do it. The headless cameo was the only thing that happened. We have rumors that the reason why Henry Cavill never showed up in anything post Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, post uh, Justice League, was because uh, his management, which is also the co founder and co runner of Seven Bucks Production, which is Shazam's producing arm. Uh, would not let Henry appear in anything unless Henry got a new contract. Right? And that held him in limbo for years. Yes, basically. and that held him in limbo for years. So we know that Danny Garcia, Henry's manager, and Dwayne Johnson's partner and Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife were the ones who made the first Shazam movie. That's why DJ is listed as an executive producer on that first movie. And then the second movie and so on. Um, we know that the second Shazam movie uh, was not allowed to have any interference uh, by actually, it wasn't when it was done. It was done. It was actually cut, wrapped, and locked before James Gunn and Peter Safran became uh, head of DC. So their involvement was minimal at the time. Safran, however, was a producer on this film, so he did have some pull. So when one person said no, you can't have the JSA. Safran was the one who pushed to get the Suicide Squad connection. When was this? Uh... Suicide Squad ending scene with James Gunn's wife. When was all this filmed? Or was this already locked when the movie was done? This was already locked when the movie was done because the movie okay. was locked and completed before Black Adam released in theaters and before they... Um, initially at the time, uh, Walter Hamada and the others were essentially saying, okay, if we can't use these characters, why don't we connect everything through the Suicide Squad? Because apparently Peacemaker and Suicide Squad were successful enough to have that be the connective tissue. I can't believe again that that peacemaker. I I enjoyed it, but I can't believe that is going to be the glue that they're going to put these two worlds together with. That's what they ended up doing, right? Because, um, for whatever reason, uh, a lot of other things just weren't working out. So that was what they they made work. Um, so you have all this stuff where the they were saying back and forth. Oh, this is the reason why it was failed. It's Warner Brothers trying to push the buck onto Dwayne Johnson, but the Warner Brothers had nothing to do with this part what we understand was that a lot of times in these studios the marketing budget comes out of the success of the previous movie so if like iron man one was successful that's when incredible hulk gets its, its budget incredible hulk was successful that's where captain america gets its budget iron man 2 etc like their budgets all kind of trickle down from the last one black adam was five was 50 million in the negative when it finally closed out its theaters it, it did not even break even and the Zachary Levi, the studio, and even the director have all basically said the same thing. The movie did not get marketing, and that's why it's failed. 
it did bad here. It did bad in China. It's about everywhere because the marketing wasn't there. Yeah. It's not one singular person's fault, but the marketing was, was not there. And you could say that the marketing wasn't there because whatever marketing funds they do have, but Warner brothers had was put toward the flash because they know that one's going to be a success. So they need to bank more on that one. And Shazam, Black Adam, and Shazam 2 were all under New Line. So their success were all contingent on each other. Do you think they just, do you think that Shazam, the Shazam team, I mean, I guess it it all comes back to The Rock. So it doesn't really matter. I was about to say, like, maybe they should have tied themselves to the Flash bandwagon. But, like, that only feels like that talking point has come up recently now that the movie looks like it's going to be something. Because yeah. for a long time, nobody wanted to touch that movie either. It's a hell of a thing. I don't know, man. But we know that Dwayne wanted to pit himself at the center of his universe. Mm-hmm. He wanted to put himself as the main antagonist for the Justice League. And then we knew that he was basically holding... Uh, his bargaining chip was Henry Cavill as Superman. We know after that movie failed, Henry fired everybody and moved on to his own projects. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... So, I mean... You know, we've talked for a long time about the failing, crumbling structure of all of this, and we've mentioned a lot of names. Maybe we need to put The Rock and his group inside of that failure of Warner Brothers in 2016, 2017, and 2018. You know, there's all these shadowy figures. Who are them? I think Dwayne Johnson is one of the people. He's one of the reasons why this never worked. We know that Dwayne Johnson saddled himself onto the, the role. Uh, we knew that his idea was to center the DC universe around himself as a major player. And which is kind of a weird because Black Adam is not a good guy. So and his and Dwayne Johnson has this weird contract stipulation where he can't lose a fight in the movie. So like would the Justice League lose to him? Or were they gonna pull a BVS and have them team up after they fight? Like who knows? They would they would probably do the latter, but again, bro, that's not what the Black Adam's a villain, right? Like, just a yeah. real straight-up villain? Like, always a villain? I mean, you could argue that he's a villain. I mean, he's a hero just as much as Stalin was a hero. Because oh, sure, sure. Black Adam is essentially an uber-nationalist. He believes right, his okay. people should be superior, and he will do whatever he can to protect his people. Like Stalin, or Hitler, sure. or any other and, monstrosity. And I'm sure there's comic books where the Black Adam teams up with people to stop a magical thing or a thing that would affect his interests, but he's still a selfish individual. Yeah, and even in the newer comics, when they put Black Adam onto the Justice League, the readers are like, this doesn't make sense. Why is this a Mm. thing? Because they were trying to to do it for the movie stuff, and it just wasn't working. Just Mm. historically, it doesn't work. But we, we just know that there's a lot of these issues behind the scenes because of Essentially, like I've been saying this entire time, too many cooks in the kitchen. DC's biggest issue was up until this point, it was not its own studio. It was essentially everything was a product of committee. And that was the big issue, was that the committee of toy developers, of merchandise developers, of this producer, that producer, this producer, that producer, they they all had theirs two cents. And we know that even in the 90s, when Superman lives, uh, the one with the... Kevin Smith, Tim Burton, and Nick Cage, that project died because there were too many cooks trying to bend it their own way. There was stories about how even one producer said, I will help produce this film as long as you put a giant robot spider somewhere in there. And then they were saying, oh, you can't do this costume because it won't sell merchandise. Or you can't do this because it won't sell merchandise. The giant spider guy got his wish. he That's the third act of the movie Wild Wild West. 
Which yeah, was same guy. Same, same guy. Same guy had a giant metal spider in it. But the unfortunate truth is that the reason why DC kept failing again and again and again was the previous management was an issue. And they kept meddling. BVS was cut down 30 minutes, 30 essential minutes. Suicide Squad had a complete recut with a different person than what David Ayer wanted. We have not seen the Ayer cut, correct? <laughs> correct? And Justice League, what we now understand was about 45 minutes of Zack's actual movie was what we got in theaters. Everything else was reshot by Joss Whedon, and yet they still tagged Zack as the main director, even if he didn't, even like, right. even if less than 50% of the movie was actually his. They still said it was his, right? Yeah. In a way to kind of tarnish his name because the movie bombed and oh look it's zach's fault mm. so the reality was all these people are now gone and like i've been saying a thousand times these people are gone the new management is not to blame and surprisingly guess what zach did over the weekend show me show me all the things he showed he actually thanked them and that was the biggest shock like uh, to a lot of the people's narrative of fire james gunn fire this fire that like everyone was completely floored when Zach made his big big poster announcement and talked about the SnyderCon. And I will bring up the tweet because the tweet itself says more than anything else. Because Zach put out the tweet along with uh, the ticket announcement. Super excited for this incredible three-day event to benefit the AFSP. Look to the link for purchasing your tickets tomorrow at 8 a.m. By the way, this ticket sold out in under five minutes. Thank you, Warner Brothers, for all of your support, support helping this, helping to make this happen. So the narrative that Zach and Warner Brothers aren't getting along was just thrown away by Zach admitting that Warner Brothers is helping facilitate this. Yeah, and he didn't thank James Gunn, but that's the same thing to me. Oh no, he did too. In, an, in okay. a, another live stream, he referred to James Gunn as his buddy and says for everyone who thinks they aren't friends, they can't. They have to look back and remember that they worked on Dawn of the Dead together. Their first big movie for each of them. Their first movie that started their careers was with each other. Mm -hmm. And when asked if James was going to possibly show up, he said, yeah, he might. And then uh, aside from that, someone actually tweeted him. Hey, James, you might show up at SnyderCon next month. And he responded, if I wasn't going to be slammed with Volume 3 Press, why not? But I'm definitely donating. And again, yeah, that's the it, whole point yeah, of what and, Zach is doing. And this is also why James is trying to get out of Disney World. Yeah. Because once those ties are severed, I think we'll see support for a number of these different things. I think a lot of these like, well, mate, what do they really think about it? I think you show up there and take one picture and I think it changes a bunch of things. And I think that just like you said last time, the only way that this movie print even happened is with the blessing of warner brothers yeah they wouldn't allow it to be released in theaters unless warner brothers was in the loop and they helped him they get they did everything they could to make it happen so the single day engagement is only only happening because warner brothers is helping zach i want to i want to you've seen shazam too i want to go back for just a second because this popped in my head if they would have gone with the planned storyline if you will and the right Dwayne is still in charge but they talk him into letting Shazam be recruited at the end of it and stuff like that do you think it would have changed Shazam 2 if they would have had those scenes do you think they would have had a different story or do you think it still would have been similar 
it still probably would have been similar because this this happened before everything changed mm. right i mean the, these movies were were filmed and ready to go even before discovery bought warner brothers so mm. these were the initial plan was that if Dwayne was successful if he would have made it work he would have got that he would have eventually had black adam 2 which was would have been its own thing justice society spinoffs they would have been their own thing shazam probably would have been involved with those and then it would have culminated in some superman versus the justice society versus black adam big event and that's what it would have probably been if Dwayne was in charge But he hobbled the JSA. He did. You know what because I mean? The cut because the cut of yeah. Black Adam that we got, we know that it was 30 minutes shorter, and those 30 minutes were all JSA backstory and stuff that was taking screen time away from Black Adam. And you know what's crazy is, if you can't have Shazam, why not have Billy Batson? Why not have the little kids see everything that, you know, why can't they have it at a school fair? And he doesn't, he can't hop in his, his dad's like, get in the foster parents are like, get in the car. You're going to be late. I will ground you for the rest of your life. If you open that door, but he like is aware of what's going on in the yeah. world. Mm. It could have been so many different things they could have done better. And I think it was just this very myopic view of trying to put myself at the center of a universe, which very, very much hobbled that universe and all the plans that it could have had. It's also interesting as well that that I guess I, it does make sense that Shazam is the sourdough starter dough for Black Adam. But I never thought when I watched that Shazam movie, I didn't think about it as like, oh, this is a vehicle for Black Adam. I thought it was more Shazam stuff. I thought it was more magic. Well, there was a lot of stuff that they I mean, the director did talk about how there was an alternate ending, which is available on special features that showed the, the family all sitting in their chairs. And talking about how this is so great. And then they look over and there's one empty chair. And they're like, well, who does that one belong to? And they were teasing the inclusion of Black Adam. And um, and then you had obviously the, the previous stuff with Black Adam and the Seven Deadly Sins and the explanation. And then the very, very quick, almost blink if you'll miss it even, uh, Black Adam getting his powers from the wizards and then turning on the wizards. Like there, there was... If you weren't watching these movies back to back, you wouldn't have realized that they were the same characters. Mm. And the fact that he said Shazam twice, two or three times in that movie total, I think that's the only connective tissue that we really got, which is... And, and and I haven't watched them back to back, but I don't know. Do they even hold up? I mean, is there enough continuity because they change so much? It's... I don't think so. Like To me, like I sat down and I watched the first one. I watched Black Adam, then I saw the second second shazam in the theaters black adam does not fit with the other two the two shazams fit off each other perfectly but if it wasn't for the connective tissue of harcourt you wouldn't really think that they're connected whatsoever and it, you know it's funny as you talked about earlier about tone about black adam having to be an adult movie like where does shazam world fit in with dirty talking uh uh I mean, any of any, I mean, that show is so adult. Like, what do you do with a kid character? Like, do they curse in front of Shazam? Because we're, because it's like, oh, it's silly. He's not supposed to know these words. But like, it all tonally is a problem. Yeah. What I think it always came down to was what they were trying to essentially do is what Saffron and Gunn are doing now where they were trying to interject movies of different tones into each other 
but they weren't doing it in a cohesive way. And I think mm. the way I've always seen it, the way Gunn is doing it, and the way Marvel is even doing it, is that the movie is rated R not because of the characters, but because of the circumstance that they're in. Okay. okay. Right? Like Deadpool is going to be rated R because it's Deadpool, and the circumstance he's going to be in is going to be a rated R circumstance. However, if Deadpool crosses over into the other ones, because Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, he will just make some quip saying, I can't swear in this one per Disney. And then, they'll, oh, they're like censor beep over himself. But it'll be a PG-13 version of that character. You think you think uh, Deadpool 3 is PG-13? No, it's rated R. But I okay. think Deadpool appearing in the MCU after that will be PG-13. Oh, and and the and yes, uh, totally heard. I think that's I think that's definitely par for the course. And you're absolutely right. You make the fourth wall breaking of Deadpool super obvious that you are bleeping him, and he's like, "What? This is not the world I'm used to." Yeah. yeah. But um, what what Gunn is doing is that we know that probably the authority is more than likely going to be rated R. Um, the Swamp Thing project's probably going to be rated R, but the crossovers. Swamp Thing doesn't have to be rated R in crossovers, but his main stories are always rated R because of the the horror angle of what happens in the swamp. But right. if Swamp Thing's not in the swamp and that horror aspect is out, he can just be another character that's... I mean, Swamp Thing himself doesn't swear. Right, So you right. don't need to... Like, it's kind of like that. Like, there's certain aspects where you can say, okay, yeah, that's fine, that works, but certain things don't. And I think what they were doing before was they were saying, oh, the Suicide Squad is going to be a sequel to a PG-13 movie. And it's going to be super grown up, super adult. And then we're going to tie it into the next PG-13 movie. But they have to look at it the right way. The, the circumstance can be rated R, but the rest of it isn't. Mm. Because BVS was rated R. Mm. But you cut out certain things and it's PG-13. Right. And it's not like in the rated R version of that movie, Superman's cursing. You're right. He's just the circumstances that they're yeah. in are more adult. The extra scenes that were cut out, like the big, the the longer desert stuff. Um, Batman has a little bit more blood when he's fighting people, and there's a, and the whole suicide bomb mm -hmm. angle was cut down a bit, and that was, that's what made it rated R. Mm. It was like two swear words and just circumstance it's so funny because when i watch these movies you know i never really think about them like when you watch shang chi that movie's not two swear words away from being a rated r movie yeah. you know what i mean but to think like wow they're really but i also think that that's part of the tone problems with all yeah. of this stuff it's like you're you're i mean even the nolan movies didn't feel like rated r movies you know what i mean no but, I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League was two swear words over, which made it rated yeah. R. I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League had Batman drop an F-bomb, had Cider, Cyborg drop an F-bomb. Sure. And take those out, yeah, it could be PG-13, but then you also cut out a little bit more blood and stuff like yeah. that. So, everything can be toned down. Everything can be fixed. And I think the cohesion of what they're happening with the new DCU is a good chance of them ironing that out. Because, mm -hmm. obviously, if you want the big crossovers to work, you have to be able to see the other films. And if the other films are all rated R, that's an issue. See, yeah, that's the thing I don't understand with some of the with some of this stuff. Because it's like, in the bigger picture of this, I get... I understand the adult universe. Like, I'm excited to talk about all these properties with you. But, like, 
there's going to be parents that like their kids don't see three out of the 10 projects, four out of the 10 projects that wonder woman TV show does not, if they're talking game of Thrones, that doesn't sound like uh sounds like a kid that you're that baby, that your babies get to watch. That feels like it's more of an adult show. Which is why I think what they're probably going to do is treat the rated R projects as backstory and context. And the stuff that they're included with will be recapped in the films themselves. Mm. Like, say Swamp Thing is rated R, but when he's included in a project, they'll explain who Swamp Thing is again and cut out all that out. And it's kind of like any sort of crossover. Where, or like the first time you saw the Hulk in The Avengers, he recapped his own history, even though we had a previous Hulk movie. And then he also referenced scenes that were taken out of that previous Hulk movie. Mm. So you got an idea of, oh, this is a different backstory, but it's kind of the same. So... They can, if you do good writing, you can make it work. Well, there, I, I mean, I, it speaks to me why all of this has to start from the ground up again. Yeah. New Superman, new Batman, new Wonder Woman, new everything. Because look at, look at this, look at these uh, terrible foundations that everything else was built on. Mm -hmm. It changes movie to movie. There's no continuity. It's a very rocky thing. And I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, but, but he said he was keeping this person. He said he's keeping this person. But the more I see these projects, the more it's been painfully clear that these projects are so deeply rooted in the past continuity that you can't reboot Superman and Batman and all those other characters. And these, these characters, these past characters work within it, which mm. is why I keep reaffirming my stance that once the flash is over, everything is its own Elseworlds branch. And then in 2025, if Superman Legacy starts, that'll be a branch of a new continuity on its own. Do you think we see the new logos and what that world, what that path looks like? That's all branded. And then Joker 2, uh, Patton's Batman, we start seeing the Elsewhere logos on it, whatever that's going to look like. Yeah, 100%. And we already know that Joker 2 and the Batman 2 and even the Penguin are going to get the, the Elseworlds uh, sticker on them. So. Mm. We know that those are starting, but it's very possible that next year, whatever the next year projects are, after these big big movies this year come out, the branding will be there. Mm. Like, as we know that Creature Commandos, Waller, and Peacemaker Season 2 were all greenlit by the past management. So, part of me feels like those movies, those projects are only, for, are only finishing because they were already bought and paid for. See, I also, I think that's exactly it. I don't think Peacemaker 2 leads into another thing i think they're going to finish off the storyline that they started which was very big and they brought in a bunch of fun people and hopefully some of those people will come back right the the ending of that will mean something but they're going to finish that storyline off yeah it's gonna be very and then maybe have the flash reset the whole universe anyway you know what i mean well even then i don't like the flash what we know is that the Flash movie is showing us the multiverse. And when they say that this is going to be the grand reset, I don't think it's going to be a reset of anything. It's just going to show front and center that other branching timelines exist. So when they mm. do start their new timeline, they can say, remember what they said in the Flash, how timelines work? Here's a new one. And then just do it that way. Are they going to try, uh, now that we're talking about these things, does Sony have any desire to link the Spider-Verse into the MCU and have Travis hop over? Travis? 
the I apologize the the main character of the of those movies the other Spider-Man Miles Morales oh yeah um there's always been a talk that I mean that's what the Madam Web movie is supposed to be right Madam Web is supposed to interject this idea that there's this big grand spider-verse and they're going to basically say that oh these universes are connected just like you saw in Doctor Strange mm. and then we're supposed to get Toby and um Andrew both coming back for Secret Wars and we're supposed to get some proper crossovers with other stuff very soon. So I think once Craven comes out and once Madam Web comes out, we'll know who exactly is the Spider-Man of all those movies. And it's going to change the context of them. Have you heard anything about the symbiote doing things in the MCU movies? It's there, but that doesn't mean anything. It's supposed to be a big thing. Okay. Um, and it's going to be how Tom Holland's Spider-Man gets the Venom suit. Okay, so then yeah, that's gonna be a thing. Uh I can't I, I these are all again, so so everybody knows these are the type of questions that I actually call Taylor and ask about. How many more movies has Tom Holland signed on for? Another trilogy is from my understanding. Another trilogy. Yeah. And and just and is one of those movies the Avengers or is this just mainland Sp- main Spider Man's? Um I under from my understanding he's taking a couple years of a break, but from what I've been hearing is that he's supposed to be coming up in like the Kang Dynasty. He's supposed to come up in Secret Wars. Spider-Man 4 is a big thing. So it's not clear if the trilogy is those two Avenger movies and Spider-Man 4 or if it's like Spider-Man 4, 5, 6 and those movies separate. It's not clear. I have another question for you. The actor who plays Kang was recently got in trouble for some stuff. I don't want to talk about his troubles or anything like that. He says he has evidence to said that this is all hogwash, but there was a thing. I don't care about that part. But the articles were saying lead of the new Avengers movie. How close are we to the next Avengers thing filming? Because we know that the next Avengers movie was the Kang Dynasty. Right. He was the lead. And then the one after that was going to be Avengers 5 is Kang Dynasty. Avengers 6 was supposed to be like uh, Secret Wars. So he and was. I would assume, and Center. I would assume they want to continue the... Kang Dynasty movie is sad. Next movie makes everything a little bit better. Probably. Okay. I mean, they're probably going to do the end game Infinity War thing, just like they did before. But <clears throat> it's kind of a it's kind of a crap deal because over the weekend, Jonathan Majors was arrested for alleged assault. His lawyer said he's entirely innocent. Everything should be dropped immediately. And then on Monday, uh, he was officially charged for assault. And even though that they said that they had evidence that would uh, make the arrest null and void, he then was officially charged after that. So I don't think that's going to affect. I don't think it's going to affect those. I don't think it's going to affect Avengers. I just wanted to know how close we were to that filming. It was supposed to start filming next year. Th- this this next within the next twelve months. Okay. Because <laughs> um, they have to get it ready for the the release date, and they're doing so many films so close to each other. They have to be filming like ASAP. Do we get another, do we get another two Marvel movies before the Avengers or three Marvel movies? We were supposed to get a lot more. Like there was a whole bunch that was supposed to be happening. The timeline of Marvel movies was pretty huge. Yeah. So I don't know, but let's uh, go back to topic at hand. Um, Over the weekend, Zach had uh, formally made his announcement of SnyderCon 2. He gave some more details on the nerd queen show. And then he appeared on the, the vodka stream on uh, Dave Pina film junkies uh, show and answered some questions. Um, aside from all of that, 
there was a bunch of teases of these pieces of art that Jim Lee was creating for the event. One went to Twitter, one went to Vero. I photoshopped them both together, which looks gorgeous. And then on the vodka stream, he showed a finished black and white version. Which is, is this is this going to be a poster that you can purchase, or is this going to be art for the movie? Um, from my understanding, and this is what I was told, is that the all of the products that are coming out of it, all of the T-shirts, all of the posters, all that stuff is going to be available wide. The three-day event, uh, two, the first two Man of Steel and BVS are going to be shown at the Art Center. And then the third one is going to be uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League on Sunday at the IMAX. And following each one of those three will be a Q&A session with Zach and various uh, production staff and actors um, talking about the movies. And that'll be live stream. Right. I was about to say, will next Monday's show be us talking about what was talked about during that weekend event? I might just honestly do all of my uh, just kind of like live watch alongs with them. Mm. Like it might be fun just to like. yeah. Just throw it on and be like, hey, let's, here's the questions. Let's watch it live on YouTube. And here we go. Because not everyone has Vero. So right. it'd be fun to pop it on here and do a live commentary as it's going. That'd be fun. But do you think anything, do you think anything of significance gets announced? I mean, there, we're going to get new t shirts. Like, that's very cool. I'm excited about all that stuff. But do you think anything gets announced? Not for DC, not for Zach. No. What I, I was, he, he, kind of like painted the picture on these streams that the concept of full circle is we started at the art center. Now we're going back to the art center, which with him not saying we're ending, it's him all but saying it. Um, but again, on the, on the vodka, the vodka stream, he did say um, the fans are relentless and they've always, they've made miracles happen before. And even if he's super busy, he would love to always revisit it in the past. Like he's not saying he'll never do it again, but he's also saying, um, I've got other things coming right now. Yeah, and you know what? For a fan, his fans sure seem to make money show up. And, uh, you know, that's the big game changer in any of these things. You know, if the money shows up for one of these things, any of these things can happen. Yeah. But the likelihood of them happening is very small. Especially anytime soon. And I always said that by the time Zach is done with everything, the likelihood of him being able to finish this project in live action is is very impossible because Ben is already 50 and then Zach won't be done with all of his stuff for Netflix for a few more years. But the real likelihood is that these projects will eventually, he'll be allowed to finish his story in some sort of CGI animated or just straight up animated. Um, that would be something that's possible because we know that HBO Max, DC, they're pushing this very big animation angle and it's not just childish animation. It's going to be animation that's geared toward mature audiences. So if you get the right staff, you get the right animators, you get the right writers, you can make something truly grown and, up. And that the animation is in canon, correct? Yes, that correct. these movies will be, these specials will be building towards that larger narrative. Exactly. And we know that Zach already did his his Teen Titans uh, thing on uh, the, the Zack Snyder's Teen Titans. And mm -hmm. that was his first foray into... DC EU animation and a lot of people said that if that's what he could do why not give us the Snyderverse in that style and I wouldn't be overly against it I think that Zach's uh, if Zach was going to put money and time into it it would be more detailed but I could very much see him doing Zach Snyder's 
uh, Just League Part Two in the uh, the animation style of that Arcane show. I could also just see them bringing us Teen Titans. It already has such a rich history in animation. Us seeing the official, here's the Teen Titans. Here's the new Teen Titans that you're going to see in movies. Here's their animated origins. And then the show ends with us seeing the real team. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not sure if you've watched it yet. I, I watched it. I thought it was a gorgeous. Uh, Arcane was animated. Yeah. But it was done in a beautiful style. And I could see Zach adapting that style to finish his story. Because it is very visually pleasing. And it is very unique. And it's it's not childish whatsoever. You can tell that they took their time and effort on this. And even Zach's uh, Army of the Dead prequel has a very similar style of animation, which I think is going to be gorgeous when that eventually does come out. Right. So um, along with all of that, uh, fans quickly noticed that that picture lines up with his All the Gods t-shirt. The same layout for all the characters. Mm -hmm. uh, that same way. Bat Superman's at the top. Aquaman, Cyborg, Batman. Superman, Aquaman, Cyborg, Batman. Same same ra ratio. Dark side in the center, Wonder Woman, Flash. It's it's exactly that thing. And even in the final picture, it still has the same Aquitas across the top. Mm -hmm. So he's going full circle with it. First thing that he released to this. Another full circle moment, which is pretty cool. Mm. But um, in the end of it, uh, the Snyderverse tickets, the SnyderCon tickets sold out in less than five minutes. Um, I know a couple people who were able to secure only one day, not the whole mm -hmm. weekend, but it's going to be a lot of fun because there's a lot of prominent names in the Snyderverse community, um, like myself, the Nerd Queens, um, like literally anyone that during the SnyderCon, the last SnyderCon till now, anyone you've gone and checked in on Snyderverse stuff, a lot of these voices did not get tickets. Mm. And it's because of how quick they sold out. So there's going to be a lot of fresh faces, a lot of people meeting Zach for the very first time, and it's going to be a lot of fun for those who do get to go. I also am excited to have people talking about these movies in the way that they are supposed to be seen. I wonder if that will change any perspectives, because I know my mind was changed on these movies when I saw them in their full glory, and I wonder if those audiences have seen them in this regard. Obviously, obviously people are fans of this and are going to it, but this feels like a much bigger umbrella than what I thought was going to be there. Yeah. It's it's going to be very interesting because I, I, I'm I willing to bet money that Ray Porter is going to be there. I think Ray Fisher is probably going to be there. I expect Jim Lee to be there. Um, there's going to be a lot of people there. And the, the whole reason, as always, is to donate for the AFSP. The AFSP is front and center. Yeah. And, and we'll do another. If you, even if you did not get tickets to this, if you have the means to give to that charity, please do so. Yeah. Uh, it, it, all of this will benefit that. Um, is there anything prevent, you know, we're talking about animation. Why can't he sit down with Jim Lee and do a 12 issue comic book? Now I understand timing and he doesn't want to write that. I totally get that part of it, yeah. but is there anything contractually preventing them from doing Zack Snyder's justice league, the comic book, the here's, yeah. here's the graphic novel. Here it is. Yeah. Like do something. Like this guy, like All-Star Superman, just do Zack Snyder's Justice League Nightmare, put it out as a book, make it like, instead of being 12 individual issues, put it like a 24-issue worth book, and give it that way. They uh, they did talk about it at one point. It didn't happen. Um, they talked about it finishing an animation. It didn't happen. But all of these things 
can 100% be reevaluated now that Zach's old buddy, as he called him, is running DC. Yeah, and he's also – and the guy who's running DC understands comic book sales now and that they are important to crossbreed over. To me, Jim Lee's hand has been so on top of all of this. He's done so much work on all of this. Yeah. It makes me a little sad that we never got to see that final product. Well, it's, it's funny because Jim Lee has been involved on this from the whole – problem i mean the whole problem the whole beginning of this progress mm-hmm. we know that the even the original storyboards that zach had put out um that got leaked online and everything uh they were actually done by jim lee mm. like we taught we showed these before these storyboards that we did our first one of our first episodes the zach snatter's just league what part two is going to be yeah that was drawn by jim lee the storyboards that were pitched, the story pitch was was written by, it was in Jeff John's handwriting, I guess, uh, Jim Lee's drawings, and it was all based on Zach's story. Mm. It was 100% from the beginning, Jim Lee's been involved. So it would be really cool. And even every Steelbook cover for these DCEU films have been drawn by Jim Lee. <laughs> so right. it's like, he's, right. he's always been there. I mean, he's also been the same person that said that the uh, Snyderverse wasn't continuing. And he is very much like he is the chief creative officer of DC Comics. So he's he's front and center, always has been, always will be. Mm. So but again, this narrative that Zach and James Gunn don't get along, that Zach and WB don't get along, none of that's true anymore. Because Zach debunked it himself. He said that the old WB would never allow this to happen. And the new WB, like Zaslav, Michael DeLuca, Pamela Abdi, James Gunn, Peter Safran, they have been working to help him make this charity event happen Mm. so it's not the narrative isn't zach versus wb anymore it's just time it always has been because zach kind of made it impossible to finish the snyderverse the moment he signed that first look contract with netflix right that contract put him permanently away for a while yeah and it also showed that he wasn't waiting around anymore Mm -hmm. he didn't want to well i can you know you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and tell me which one fills up faster. Yeah. And I think he decided, no, I'm going to start putting the people I want to, to work again. Yeah. yeah. And he started working on these projects and now we know the rebel moon versus massive. He's got one movie completed and he's going to be editing it for release this December with the second half of it still needing to be finished filming and completed for sometime next year. He's got a video game. He's got a comic. He's got an animated tie in short and then he's got also the Army of the Dead stuff because he made one movie and one spinoff, but we also have a prequel series and the sequel to that one also do. Uh, when Rebel Moon, its release date is Christmas? Around Christmas, yeah. It's sometime December. From that release of that movie, which will be the jumping off point, how quickly do you think we get some of those other projects? Depends on how... How big Rebel Moon does. I mean, if Rebel Moon does as big as they're all banking on, we could see Zach stuck in the Rebel Moon verse for the next five, six years. You sure. don't know. Because Netflix has always been like with Stranger Things, the Duffer brothers have been locked with like with Netflix for like the last decade. Yeah. And they've only put out four seasons of the show. But they've been just stuck with them because of how big those shows are. 
So. Yeah, and that is the and you know funny we always talk about Netflix not doing merchandise. Stranger Things got merchandise. It's got merchandise out the wazoo, and I bet yeah. it sells very well because it comes out every year. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, Rebel Moon could be the next Stranger Things, and we also mm. know that from Zach and these live streams that Rebel Moon will get two versions. There'll be a PG thirteen version for everyone to watch, and a rated R version that's longer. How much longer do you think the peach? How much longer do you think the R one is? Do you think I, it's going to be like it's forty minutes, or do you think it's going to be two and a half hours longer? I could see him being like forty five minutes longer, which is okay. a lot more gore. Okay. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff behind the scenes for this movie, and just some of the designs for some of the monsters are pretty rad. Mm. And I don't see them being super PG thirteen friendly in how they attack people. But we'll see what happens. Sure. But, you know, we'll edit some of those scenes. You know what I mean? Put a shadow in a bush in front of this person. Yeah. Like, you see, like, a shadow attack. And you see, like, kind of like Cloverfield where the blood spatter explosions behind the tarp. And that's all you get. But in the radar version, you see the thing ripping the person apart. Like, something like that. Okay. Mm. But, yeah. I mean, it's been a very interesting week. Um, All the narratives going around. Oh, Zachary Levi is blaming Dwayne Johnson. Or everyone's blaming this. DC is DC and WB are putting the blame. It's all semantics at this point. Mm. The reality is that the movie failed and there's nothing that anyone could have done differently because of how everything was going with the DC and with the merger and everything else. But other movies are being worked on right now. What other pictures from the streets have been picked up Taylor? Well, I mean, the only things that we know that are, are still coming out this year. uh, We know that blue beetle is coming, uh, at the end of this summer, and it's fully expected that the first trailer, the big rumors that the first trailer is actually going to be attached to the Super Mario Brothers movie, like in two weeks, next week, next week. Oh my God, next week. Uh, I, I, I mean, summer is right around the corner. Yeah. The trailer is not out, and that's a big movie. If they can get it attached, to that that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah I, re- I just realized it's coming out next week, and I'm going to see the crap out of that next week. It's going to be the easiest hour of your life. It's going to it's going to fly by. You're going to be laughing so much. Well, I mean, my Jones. wife my wife wants to see it, and my son. Every time a commercial comes on for it, he like stops and just completely zones in. So I feel like he's already committed to it. So it's very pretty. It's very yeah. pretty. But I think um, it's going to be very interesting to see because we got Blue Beetle, we got Flash, and then we got Aquaman, and that's it for this year. And then next mm. year, we're going to get a lot of TV shows, but seem- seemingly only one movie. So it's going to be a very weird, weird thing. Well, I was trying to set you up for Joker too. When do we get that movie? Is that year. happening? That's next the one year. movie next year. And we also got our look at Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn. And that is, doesn't even look like final Harley Quinn. That looks yeah. like the outfit one. Yeah, that looks yeah. like her first outfit or something like that. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. Mm. When do we get Pattinson's Batman? Uh, well, we get Penguin next year. And then we know that Pat, the Batman Part 2 is coming uh, 2025. That was part of the announcement. Wow, 2025. But they're starting to film it at the end of this year, like the mm. very end of this year. So they're going to be spending this year, the like the last month or so of this year to start filming as they wrap around the winter for the rest of the filming. And then next year, Penguin is going to come out that's going to lead into the next movie. Do you think this lull is good? You know, they there's the talk, conversation of superhero fatigue. Do you think clearing the slate and letting some of this stuff breathe for a second and then we see the new slate of everything ramping up 
hundred percent. I think that by rushing things, that's where we got what we got. If James Gunn and Peter Safran are honest to God, serious about making this universe work, pushing it to 2025 and after is the best thing they can do because it gives them more than enough time to get the stuff right. And if you don't give it enough time, that's what we got with Justice League. Zach bowed out of the movie by their by Warner Brothers' demand, and then they try to make the movie still come out the same year and reshoot the whole movie in like three months. Is there any chance that Dwayne The Rock Johnson ruined the newest Aquaman movie? Is there anything he didn't let happen in that movie, or that movie has its own problems? That movie has its own problems. Okay. Movie has its own problems. I think the only thing that you could probably say is that the fact that they wanted to include Superman in both the Aquaman and Flash movie, and he's not in them because of his management. And you know that's got to make Henry Cavill furious, right? Because yeah. I feel like he gets the fandom more than most and would have been in these movies, not for the money, but to continue those storylines and to continue his portrayal of that character. Like, this is the guy who went to Comic-Con by himself, without his entourage, wore a V for Vendetta mask and a Suicide Squad t-shirt, and got the whole cast of Suicide Squad to sign the shirt, and then after they finished signing it, he took off the mask and said, I'm going to hang out with you guys. I'm Superman, by the way. Like, he gets it. He's always understood it. I think the only problem that he ever had was his management. And, and, and what's crazy is now that he has... Just like Zack Snyder gone in pursuit, gone and gone on over to the other side. None of those. He's not showing up for anything. Yeah. He's not showing up for any of that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I could see now that Henry's departed the, the Garcia's, I could see Henry like pop up later on. If like James Gunn says, hey, we want you to be Superman in a multiverse story and you're playing the same Superman. But without these people, would you want to do it? I'm sure he'd be like, yes, let's do it. Of, of course he would. But then even that, in, even in that scenario, he's only playing Superman for a short time. Yeah. We have our own Superman, thank you very much. And you'll be seeing him <laughs> on film in 2025. Yeah, so it's going to be a very interesting time to see. But I, I've always said that after the first chapter of Gods and Monsters is done, the second chapter does sound like it's going to be something multiverse related. And I could see a lot of these people coming back. Mm. And even if it is for short things, it's kind of like Andrew Garfield with Spider-Man, right? He wasn't appreciated when the movies were coming out, but now when he showed up on screen for the for No Way Home, everyone lost their minds and said, when are we seeing Andrew next? I did love that joke when uh, Jimmy Kimmel said, we got Spider-Man in the house, and the camera pans to him, and he just says, he mouths the words, I'm sorry, knowing that the audience wanted the other Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. But on that note, I think we should probably wrap it up. Um, one thing. Yeah, well, I was, no, I have more. I have lots. Of, it's not for this show. I'll, no, we'll save it for another day. I want to know when is Marvel going to get good again? Because I know X-Men and Fantastic Four and all the stuff's around the corner. But I don't understand how they ham-fist that in with all the other stuff going on. Maybe that's a show for another day. That sounds like a completely different show. My, I've said before, my, my big faith in marvel right now is gardens of galaxy volume three and when that's done i'm gonna see what i'm looking forward to next because i'm not sure but they did announce that uh betty ross Liv tyler is coming back for captain america 4 so it's a bummer that uh william hurt passed away and they had to re 
recast him, but they're keeping with the continuity by bringing the daughter back. So, and Edward Norton is gonna replace uh, Mark Ruffalo. No, unfortunately not. But oh. it's fully it's fully possible that Ed Norton will pop up in the Secret Wars as a variant of the Hulk, and I think that would just be fantastic. I wonder if all the, you know. It's funny is these Secret War conversations are going to throw Tom Cruise back into the mix now that he's doing he enjoys superhero movies. Taylor, he likes them. So far, we only know that he likes uh, the one movie, Flash. <laughs> That's the only movie we know he likes. Sure. But speaking of superhero movies, um, there is a Kickstarter out there for a Batman Beyond Year One. This project um, absolutely looks fantastic. Um, I had the pleasure of checking out a lot of the stuff behind the scenes about this project. Um, it looks exactly what you would want from a Batman Beyond live action fan film. And this project is going to be made uh, by uh, Michael Yu um, and has a handful of people behind the scenes that are also known for a lot of great things. Um, Michael Yu is the writer and the director, and he is known for uh, his previous fan film, Kid Flash Running Running West, but he's also actually worked with Netflix, Amazon, DC, and Marvel in his own, on other projects of theirs. You've got Ian Hussey as a cinematographer. He's known for the movie Low Life. And you've got Jay Kwan, the action designer. And this guy has actually worked on Shang-Chi, Level of the Ten, uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. He worked on the new Knights of the Zodiac and even Iron Fist and the Punisher. So it's actually got a good action designer there. Uh, the costume designer and the actual costume are being made by Susanna Song, who's done a lot of different work through various shows that they left kind of uncredited, but she's worked on a lot of these fantastic projects. But the costume was actually made by Chris of GC5FX. And this guy is actually, if you go on social media and check out his stuff, he makes like screen accurate, like, props and this stuff is super cool he the guy that he was the guy that actually sent me that green ranger power coin from the 2017 movie that was the one that i showed off on social media last year it was this guy where can we send people if they want to see some of the stuff that has been released or if they want to go support this project so right now it's just over on kickstarter batman beyond year one uh it's got 24 days to go and they're about a fifth of the way of their goal so if you want to make this thing this thing work go check it out uh they what they did announce was that uh, Terry McGinnis and old man Bruce Wayne are going to be in the project. You also have a handful of other characters from the show that will definitely be there. Um, and the villains of this show are the Royal Flush Gang. So it's going to be Batman Beyond versus the Royal Flush Gang. Very cool. And the concept art looks fantastic. So head over to the Kickstarter, check it out. And honestly, it, if it turns out anything like what they're pitching, I'm all for it. It looks fantastic. But thank you all for joining us this week. Head over to patreon.com slash the culture nerd and help us keep the lights on. Those of you who do support us, a big thank you as always. I have been your host, Taylor Murphy, and my co-host, Michael Santel. If you're sitting at home, scan that QR code. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. We can't wait to tell you about all the fun stuff that happened at the exact Snyder Con. It's still a month away, but we'll talk about it soon. We'll talk about it soon. <laughs>